Hello, everybody. This is Kevin Witham, and welcome to Season 2 of the Common Grounds Unity Podcast. In this season, we want to focus on practical discussions about unity within the Stone Campbell movement and beyond. Jesus valued unity and prayed for it, that we may all be one so that the world may know. We believe unity is best achieved through relationships rather than beginning with disagreements over doctrine, practice, or ideology. We value the gathering, breaking bread, and sharing a cup of coffee or your favorite beverage. We invite you to gather with another Christian outside your particular family of churches and tell others that unity starts with a cup of coffee. So grab a cup and let's get started with another episode of the Common Ground Unity Podcast. Welcome to another Common Grounds Unity Podcast. Great to have you with us again for another discussion with individuals who are in Stone Campbell Movement Restoration Churches across the streams. Uh, we, we have conversations with people on this podcast uh, who are either in ministry, maybe they're in the academic world, maybe they're leading a ministry, and we've got another great guest with us here today that I'm going to introduce. But I, I want to say at the outset, it is great to be back with you, Tina Bruner. I know you're in Europe right now, but good to be teaming up again. Have you been? I have been good. It was a busy summer for both of us, but I am especially happy that we are back together today. Absolutely. Good to be back with you and good to see you and be in conversation with you. I want to say this as well before I introduce our guest, uh, this ministry while Tina and I serve voluntarily in this ministry, there are some costs associated with it and some, some places we're wanting to take this ministry to do more. So if you have a heart for Common Ground Unity and would like to give to it, you can look in the show notes or go to our website and you can give to this ministry and help us take some things to another, another level by partnering with us in that way. Our guest today is a, a man, a brother in Christ that I met for the first time at our first Common Grounds Unity meeting in San Diego, California, way back when we first started getting Common Grounds started. His name is Robert Carrillo, and he was at that time uh, the lead evangelist at the San Diego Church of Christ. That's why he led that first meeting. Let me tell you a little bit about Robert. He grew up in California. He received a bachelor's degree from San Diego State University in history and social work a master's in divinity from Pepperdine University, and now he's finishing his doctorate of ministry in spirituality at Fuller Seminary. Uh, we're going to talk about this a little bit more, but Robert has a website devoted to those seeking healthy spiritual formation. You can find that at thewayofthepilgrim.com. Again, that's thewayofthepilgrim.com. Uh, Robert and his wife, Michelle, they entered the full-time ministry as missionaries, planting churches in Mexico City and Miami. They've led congregations in Puerto Rico, Jamaica, New York, and then they returned to California to serve the San Diego Church of Christ for a decade. Most recently, Robert served as CEO of Hope Worldwide. He is currently an evangelist and teacher with the Los Angeles Church of Christ and also serves on the ICOC Global Teachers Committee. Robert and Michelle have been married for 33 years, a great accomplishment in itself. They've got three adult children, two grandchildren, and two dogs. So 
a rounded out family there. Robert, welcome. Good to have you with us. Thank you so much, Kevin. It's great to be with you. It's great to be uh, on the podcast with all of you. And Tina, thank you. Uh, Just great to be here. Yeah. uh, Well, so let's just jump right in. And we'll start with just like a really surface kind of question and have you tell us a little bit about your life, ministry, and spiritual journey. Sure, In 30, sure, sure. 30 words or less. I'm just kidding. You can use as many words <laughs> okay. as you want. <laughs> uh, I'll start my timer, no, my uh-huh. uh, count, my word counter. Um, so as you've already heard, I, you know, born in, uh, actually, I don't think I had on the bio, born in Mexico, but grew up in California and I grew up in a very traditional Mexican Catholic family. Um, always had a, you know, kind of a deep uh, reverence and, and respect for God, although he was very distant for me. Um, and it wasn't until my sophomore year at the University of San Diego that I uh, was invited to a soul talk. And if you know what a soul talk is, you've been around a long time and, and you know a little bit of the ICLC history um, at the Poway Church of Christ. And that, uh, you know, I had at that point, I'd been very involved in the community, working with uh, kids and gangs, working with orphanages, in Tijuana. And I was just blown away by Jesus and and. What an incredible leader and how he changed the world. And I'd never really understood Jesus till that point. Um, found love with Jesus, got uh, studied the Bible, started studying the Bible 10 days later, got baptized. Four years later, was sent on a mission team to plant a church in Mexico City. And, uh, and then my girlfriend followed shortly after. We got married in Mexico. And uh, that was a kind of a boot camp experience. You know, we, we, we uh, just were constantly on the streets, preaching, teaching. And then uh, we were sent, my wife and I sent, Michelle and I sent to Miami to start a bilingual church. And that was an incredible experience and, uh, and um, learned so much, had a, had a great blessing to be trained and appointed as evangelist by Sam Lang, uh, who was a huge influence on Michelle and I, Sam and Jerry both. And then we we started, we made a shift there, not knowing it, that we were asked to go to Puerto Rico and uh, basically do a turnaround. You know, the church was had been struggling for several years, and that was the beginning of a, of a different kind of ministry, not starting something from the ground up, but, but uh, turning around a situation. That was just amazing, wonderful. Then, of course, Jamaica, then New Jersey, part of the New York church. Then San Diego was probably the biggest endeavor I'd ever been in. Um, but in that time period is when the ICOC kind of hit a wall, 2003. And it really caused me to kind of sit back and start asking a lot of questions that had been on the back of my mind for years, but I hadn't dealt with. And that one, one step after another led me to Abilene, then led me to Pepperdine to get my MDiv. And um, I felt like I discovered... Like I, I felt like I'd been living my whole Christian life in the foyer of the house, and I discovered all these other rooms. And I learned, it just broadened my perspective. I learned restoration history for the first time um, and just learned so much. And actually, it's kind of funny because I did that, and then I worked with Hope Worldwide, which was a whole nother form of education from God. Um, you know, I'd always been connected to the community, but seeing poverty on a global level, global level, seeing uh, suffering around the world. God literally gave me a tour of the misery of the world, being in many of the most, 
the poorest and most suffering communities of the world in Asia, Latin America, Africa, the Middle East, even Europe uh, with the refugees and, and, uh, and of course here in the United States. Uh, that was an incredible experience. And at, during all that bouncing around, a friend of mine had uh, sent me some Dallas Willard books. Uh, Jim Long is one of my lifelong friends. Kept bugging me. You got to read these books. You got to read these books. Started reading that. And I was hooked. And so I came back, you know, settled in San Diego, uh, uh, started going to school at Fuller, got to get my doctorate. And now I feel like, you know, if I've discovered the other rooms on the first floor, now I'm discovering that there's multiple floors. You know, I found the stairwell and I'm running around each floor, looking around, just learning so much about God, about Jesus, about the Holy Spirit. And uh, my wife is with me. You know, we, we, she doesn't want to take the classes, but we, she reads all my books. We, we uh, debrief everything together. So it's, it's a very exciting journey being here in LA. Uh, you know, because of coming to school here, we took a role here with a, with a region of the Los Angeles church, wonderful region that had been through a lot, suffered a lot, been through a lot. So that's kind of our, our journey, you know, and everything I'm learning, I'm able to apply right here, you know, of, of soul care and and how to spiritually strengthen a ministry, which is basically my, the focus of my doctorate. So God is just keep me in, sitting in the front of the class. That's that's my spiritual journey in a nutshell. Robert, that's a great journey. We thank you for sharing that. You mentioned spiritual formation and this kind of yes. eye-opening experience. You yeah. know, there's there's discussion about spiritual formation through all the streams of, of Stone Campbell Restoration yeah. Churches, Churches of Christ, Christian churches, ICOCs, disciples. Um, you, you really uh, took to heart this idea of being formed uh, into the image of Christ. You started a website that I mentioned earlier, thewayofthepilgrim.com, mm-hmm. and I hope our mm-hmm. listeners will access that. You have this terrific quote uh, on the, the homepage. Uh, by, and I hope I get this name correct, uh, Pierre <laughs> Teilhard de Chiron. So uh, that's very good, very well. French right there. <laughs> and the, the quote is, we are not human beings having a spiritual experience. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. First, tell us why you have that quote on the homepage, why that's important to you. And then tell us a little bit about the website so that our listeners can know a little bit more of what they can access there. Yeah, thank you. Um, you know, uh, I, I think that quote for me represents a paradigm shift of understanding who we are, what we are, and what is our role here in in, in the world at our time. Uh, you know, much of my training, education, and experience has been, even when I didn't realize it, deeply rooted in the Restoration history and the Restoration experience. Uh very much guided by logic, ration, uh, uh, rationality. That you know, I, I, I'm definitely a product of of Church of Christ or Restoration thinking, which has been wonderful, which has helped me in so many many ways. But I think it is both a strength and a weakness. And I think what I haven't really learned a lot of and been focused on is on spirituality and what that means in the the mysteries of God and the mysteries of faith. And I think that in my experience and in the circles I've been, we we really, we, we know a lot about the Father. We know a lot about the Son. 
we don't know a whole lot about the Spirit, about the Holy Spirit. And uh, I think that um, that that I think is a huge hole in our understanding and and in our relationship with God, in an area that we can just grow a lot. And and I and I get it. I don't. I don't. I'm not critical of that because I know there's so much false teaching and and just strange ideas about their about the Holy Spirit uh, that that warrants caution. But I don't think it should warrant it to a point that we are ignorant of the Holy Spirit. Um, obviously, he played a huge role in the early church. And you can't read the book of Acts without learning a ton about the Holy Spirit. And even reading the book of Acts with that perspective, uh, you really see that it, it is the Holy Spirit who was in charge of the church. And he was raising up and training leaders. He was converting people. He was directing people. He was steering the church. And I don't think we have that kind of relationship with the Holy Spirit. I think we tend to be afraid. And, and um, you know, I always, I, I always it, it's kind of makes me chuckle. I think we, we say in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we baptize people in the name of the Father, the Holy Spirit. We tell them you're going to have the gift of the Holy Spirit. But it's like the unopened gift that's just been sitting on the shelf, you know, that, that there's so much to learn and we can't be afraid. And I think... The, the strength, our strength of rationality, of logic, of careful hermeneutics will help us to stay on the path and not go off on left field. But we, you know, it's just, we are spiritual beings and it explains so much of what is happening in our world, what is happening in us. And, and in a sense, I think, I think the Holy Spirit wants his church back. So that's that's a lot of what's you know driving me and why that's so important to me. I think soul care is a huge need in the church today. Robert, tell us a little bit about uh, the resources on the website. So um, the thing that I really appreciated was the forty days of meditation. Mm. That's a great resource and super easy to use. But what are some things that you hope for? Uh, the website to be able to do and that yeah. kind of cultivating soul care among our churches. Yeah. Thank you for asking that. Yeah. So what I'm, what I'm hoping to accomplish with the website is just provide a place for people to go and find resources. Um, you know, it, it is, it, you know, spiritual formation, at least I know in the international churches of Christ, I don't know so much in all the branches, but it's very new for us in, in the ICLC. And, and so we just don't know much about it. We don't know who are the authors, what books to read, what who to listen to. And frankly, we don't have many teachers, at least in the circles I'm in. Uh, we have some, and and that's important. But so with the website, I hope to provide some basic teachings, but also resources to other basic teachings from everything from what is spiritual formation to how do you meditate? What role does it play? What's the difference between Eastern meditation and Western meditation and, you know, and, and, and even help us to, I think there's some fears out there. Is, is this Buddhism influencing us or is this some form of Eastern mysticism? Uh, but to really understanding biblically uh, what is spiritual formation and having resources. So, so I, I'm just getting started, you know, but I'm loading up and figuring out how to build a website to be a great resource for the many disciples from all the restoration branches that are just searching, hungry, 
And I and I see that there's such a huge hunger out there uh, for. Yeah, we've seen that with this particular series, and the more that we talk to people and and see kind of what's going on in the different streams, the same thing can be said of each stream. And so I think that there is kind of an awakening happening, you know, among us, which is really an encouraging thing. Um, especially when you release their, your description of you didn't know there was other rooms and then there's other floors. And Mm -hmm. so it is that thing of just like enriching the Christian life through these tools. How, how might you, um, share with us the view of humans as part of God's good creation being image bearers and being the object of God's love, transform our understanding of Jesus, the cross, resurrection, and discipleship. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's that's a really great question. Um, it's it's amazing, but the the older I get, and particularly in the last three to five years, this has become profoundly important to me. Uh, the scripture that I immediately think of, Ephesians 3.18, he says, I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. I think in and, well, first of all, it's obvious that for Paul, this was supremely important. This was of utmost importance that we understand who we are, what we are. We understand that we are made in God's image, that we are loved by God, that that the depth, not just that he loves us, but the depth of that love. And I think that's that's the heart of spiritual development, of spiritual growth is growing in your understanding of how God sees you and loves you. You know, it's how we shift from a fear, shame-based motivation to a loved, inspired motivation. And I think the longer we're around in the church, the more important that becomes. Because, you know, you, 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 we, I don't think we ever lose our shame of, of sin or, or the guilt of sin, but everybody gets tired if their motivation is always guilt and shame. Everybody just gets tired of it. Nobody wants to go to church week after week and just feel ashamed and feel bad about themselves. And there is something far greater, and that's learning God's love. And I think, you know, it's it's fundamental to our spiritual growth and development. And we're discovering, and that's that's what... I think, you know, most everybody can remember their early days as a Christian is such an exciting time because we were discovering God. We were discovering his love. We were discovering grace and mercy and forgiveness. And that shouldn't stop. I mean, we, you, there's so much more to discover and to learn. And I think that's, that's what spiritual formation brings into the element is it keeps us growing and learning and we're able to make that shift and, and I feel more excited about my relationship with God right now than ever in my whole life. And I've been a Christian 40, 40 years now. And it's just it just keeps getting more and more exciting. And I think our identity, who are we in this world? What are we? You know, Jesus said, give to God what is God's and to Caesar what is Caesar. 
when he lifted up that coin, and it says right there in the scripture, at least in the Greek, it says the icon. Whose, whose icon is this? It's the icon of Caesar. Give to God what is God's and to Caesar what is Caesar's. We are the icon of God. So we give ourselves to God. And in the Septuagint version of the Old Testament, it says we are the icon of God. He made us as his icon. And, and I think that that's, that's fundamental Christian life. And I think that's incredibly important, for especially for older Christians, that, that we keep growing in that understanding and we're moving. And honestly, I think it puts everything else in perspective. Sin, discipleship. As we move from truth to love, we move from from legalism to grace. We move in a healthy perspective. Everything makes sense. Even I think even sin, when we look at sin as merely shame and guilt and bad, but we also but we don't understand that this is God loves us, and this separates from us from Him, and He's trying to pull us into Him to be with him and be in a loving relationship, it changes how we see sin. It's not a, oh, I broke the rules. I mean, it is that, but it's more than that. It's I am blocking myself from God, my pride, my ego, my whatever, my my fear, my doubts. This is what stops me. And it, and it makes it much more understandable that Jesus is a great healer and he heals us along the way. He invites us to a relationship with him. So I think just think it's just essential to spiritual growth and development, understanding who we are, what we are, and how does God see us. Robert, I loved it that you talked about the role of the spirit in in formation. You know, we've we've often, I think, in our you, you mentioned this, our very rational movement that is very thought oriented. Mm-hmm. We've often focused on when it comes to making disciples and discipleship, uh, things that we do to be better disciples, our mm-hmm. effort, our works that we bring to the table. And, and sometimes we even turn those spiritual exercises in, into, you know, confession of sin and uh, these things into things we do that bring us closer to God. The spiritual disciplines, you might say, of, of a quiet time, of prayer, of solitude. Again, they almost can become a checklist. Did you do these things today? And yet mm. this whole discussion around spiritual formation is the idea. It's taking a very biblical idea and saying, this is what God does in our life. And these practices open us up to the spirit. They're not habits or practices as a as a end in and of themselves that tell us we're spiritual people, but they're means by which God, through his spirit, goes to work in us and transforms us and makes us more like Jesus. So I love that whole part of the discussion and thinking about the spirit and a greater openness to the spirit's work. Where, where do you sense, if, if you were to sense the spirit prompting and leading us as, as a movement, what do you sense the spirit is wanting to lead us to or say to uh, the churches of our fellowship? Yeah. Uh, wow, such an important question. Um, I, I tell you what I see and what I'm hearing and what I'm being shown in my studies, my prayer, my meditation, my, my, my focus on God loud and clear is that Jesus 
really is the way, the truth, and the life. And, you know, okay, you hear that all the time. And, and, but it's like, I'm, I'm realizing just the levels of depth that that applies to. I think that we have many church leaders and churches that are tied up, right? Especially right now. I mean, it's been such a rough period of time for churches and church leaders. Um, with all the, the the political issues, the social issues, the racial issues, the gender issues. And I think a lot of leaders and churches are trying to please everybody, trying to be acceptable, trying to not get everybody mad. You know, <laughs> a lot of, and in my classes, I sit with different church leaders from different denominations. Everybody's emotionally exhausted. Everybody's worn down. And, and I think that, that God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit will guide us through these difficult times and will show us the way to deal with political issues, social issues, racial issues, gender issues, and any other, any other tricks Satan has up his sleeve. I think having our eyes fixed on Jesus and really going to him to be directed and learning to listen to the Holy Spirit will guide us through these very tumultuous times, these very troubled waters that, that, that we're in right now. And I think so. I think spirituality is so important right now. It's supremely important. And I think that there are a lot of uh, leaders just getting beat down. And they don't have the level of spirituality needed to get through these things, or a lot of church members even in mature, mature churches. So I I hear the Holy Spirit calling me to get closer to Him, you know, closer to to intimacy with God, listening to the Holy Spirit, and seeking my answers in the Scriptures. And of course, there's a world out there of just offering answers. Our phones are constantly giving us, you know, input, but learning to take the time, create the space to listen to the spirit, to pray, to meditate on God's word, to fix our eyes on Jesus, to stop and know that God is God, to hear the Holy Spirit guiding us along. I think that's, that's what I hear God calling us to very much. Um, yeah, I think that's supremely important. Robert, are there any challenges or dangers in a focus on spiritual formation? Uh, yes, yeah, I, I think there are. You know, and I and I've you know I've I've wrestled with this, and I even you know I bought a book and read a book that is warning everybody of about spiritual formation. I read a couple of papers that where people really attacked and criticized spiritual formation. And I think there are some real dangers to be aware of. Um, uh, I think that, uh, and, and let me just say up front, I believe it's incredibly important that we grow in our understanding and practice of spiritual formation in the church. But here are the dangers I do see. I think that we've got to make sure that we don't let it make us self-centered. You know, because a lot of spiritual formation is focusing on God and and be, becoming aware of God, becoming aware of yourself. So it can it it does. There's an element of it that makes you very self-aware, and that's actually good as long as it doesn't 
consume you as long as we don't forget the mission that we have. The, we don't. We we we've got to grow in the greatest commandment, but not by but not forgetting the great commission either. You know, they go hand in hand. Um, and I think another one is to allow is to be careful that we don't allow liberal theology to influence us too much because liberal theology tends to thrive in the spiritual formation setting, you know, because it's all about the goodness of God, the love of God. And um, there can be a hesitancy to talk about judgment or sin or righteousness. So we just got to make sure that we, we, we're reading all the scriptures, right? That we're meditating on everything Jesus said. Um, and I think probably also making sure that it doesn't become a, a Christian self-improvement plan. Well, this is going to make me happier. I want peace. I want joy. These are all fruits of the Spirit. This is going to lead me there. Yes, that's true. But it's not about me getting what I want. It's still, Jesus still came to serve, not to be served. Right? I think so. I think those, you know, and, and probably my fear is that that it would become a trend, you know. And I don't, I don't know there's any way to avoid it being somewhat of a trend. But I hope that we will be much deeper with this. I believe it's, you know, God is, is as, as you, you, as both of you have shared earlier, this is affecting all the streams, but this is affecting all denominations. I mean, uh, this is affecting Christianity around the world. And I think handled properly, forming Christ in us, it is great for the church. It's, it will help the church be the church and be the light of the world in the 21st century. So, Robert, what advice would you give to those who are seeking to live a more contemplative spiritual life and to those seeking renewal and, and spiritual transformation? Well, um, I think the, 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 the first thing I think of is just keep growing, keep searching. Don't stop seeking the Lord just because, you know, we're, we're Christians or just because we've been in the church a long time doesn't mean you found the Lord and you're done. And I think that's always the struggle, right? To, to plateau, to settle in. It's, and that's true of any relationship. Um, but I think of, I think of uh, 2 Peter 1, where he talks about adding to your faith and goodness and kindness and so, you know all these things that we keep adding. Why? To keep us from being ineffective and unproductive. And I think that, that just having that conviction to keep growing, to keep moving forward. Spiritual formation uh, challenges us to, to, to push forward, to, to have a vision of becoming like Jesus. And it honestly, it's, it's a blast because you're, you're constantly discovering. You're discovering. You're discovering so much about God and so much about Jesus and so much about the Holy Spirit and a whole lot about yourself. And anytime when you're in that discovering mode, it's just exciting. And that's 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 when it's, I think, fun. I think we have a lot of leaders that are more tired than inspired. And this keeps us inspired, you know. I mean, you can you can listen to a sermon and you if you listen carefully, you know if that preacher is tired or inspired, you know. <laughs> you could tell, you know, and he can tell you all the truth. One says all the truth, but he's tired. One says all the truth, but he's inspired. You feel his inspiration. He moves your heart. She, 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 she moves you emotionally, not just, 
not just with the facts, you know, and I think that's, um, that would be my advice. Keep pushing yourself forward. Keep learning, keep reading. Don't, don't stop. And, and there's a lot of great authors to learn from. We have, we have a wealth. And I'll tell you what, cause I work with a lot of the Spanish speaking world. There are very few books in Spanish. And so I'm trying to figure out, you know, how do I get things translated in English? We have so much, you know, all of, you know, the, the, the big authors right now, Dallas Willard, Ruth Haley Barton, Rock, Richard Foster, David Benner, Mark, John Mark Comer, and many, many more are, are all in English. And you can have them delivered to your house in two days, you know, or you can download them. Just take advantage of those resources. We have, and we have our own in the restoration movement. I mean, I, Steve Kennard's written some great books. There's a book that uh, just came out, A Journey of the Soul, and it's by multiple authors in, in the ICLC that are studying spiritual formation. Some of them are counselors, some of them are theologians, some of them are ministers, um, and you know, and, and I know there's many more. I'd say go to the to the Common Grounds podcast and listen to the, the, the interviews that have been given with different sports, spiritual formation. And of course, amen. throw my own website out there. <laughs> I'm amen in you there. I love how, um, <laughs> like, tired or inspired, you're definitely not tired. Like, no. everything that you're saying is so invitational and, uh, and is backed up with, like, a love your references to scripture and also pointing us toward resources that can help us in this process of spiritual formation. So I'm really looking forward to the next episode. Um, we have, we have a lot to learn and it's really yeah, we do. to, to hear you share and some of the other folks we've been able to interview. It, it really is like an exciting time to be part of the family of God. We do have a lot of, uh, interesting challenges, but there's also a lot of beauty in how God is drawing us to himself through his spirit. And yeah, Robert, thank you so much for such great insights. Thank you. Thank you for having me on and thank you for allowing me to participate in this. This is such a great work that you're doing in Common Grounds and I appreciate and respect it so much. Well, Robert, we are going to have you back with us on an additional podcast. We want to talk in our, uh, our next uh, podcast about some of your roles in ministry, your work, how some of what we're describing here, formation relates to leadership. Um, there's so much more we'll talk about and so much more we could. We're, we, we hate it that our uh, times together have limits put on them. But boy, this has just been a great discussion and great to kind of probe your thinking deeper. I want to remind our listeners again, the website, uh, that people can go to, to to find some of the resources that Robert has put together is the way of the, let me find it here. I want to say it right. I almost said the Pilgrim Heart, thewayofthepilgrim.com, thewayofthepilgrim.com. So check out the website, look over the resources and join us next time we're together on the next Common Grounds Unity podcast and Robert Correa will be back with us. Everybody have a great week. And let God go to work in your life this week. Thank you for listening to the Common Grounds Unity podcast. Please check out commongroundsunity.org to learn more about who we are. You can subscribe to the essays, join our Facebook group, or find our YouTube channel. And please check out the gatherings page where you can connect with other unity-minded Christians 
in your area. If you can't find a gathering in your area, we can help you start one. It's not difficult or time-consuming, and we'll help you out along the way. It really does simply start with a cup of coffee. If you want to volunteer or ask questions, please email john at commongroundsunity.org. And lastly, we need your help by donating to this ministry of reconciliation. Your donation is tax deductible. Links for donating are in the show notes or on our website. Until next time, God bless. And remember, unity starts with a cup of coffee.